Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. inflation is expected to have eased in August, and we'll hear from a guest columnist who envisions a world where the dollar is no longer the dominant currency. Plus, Ukrainian troops have regained momentum and changed the narrative in the war with Russia. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The U.S. government is out with its latest inflation numbers today. Economists expect the August consumer price index will show the pace of price rises will have slowed a bit. But the FT's Colby Smith says that may just reflect lower gas prices. More broadly, what we really need to be looking at uh, are these month-over-month metrics and inflation once we strip out volatile prices uh, that are related to energy and, and food as well. So when we do that, um, it's a little bit more of a worrying picture that's uh, forecasted to show is a 0.3% increase between July and August. Now, on an annual basis, that's going to translate to a 6.1% increase, and that's up from the annual pace that was recorded uh, during the previous period. So if I hear you right, anyone who hopes that today's numbers will make the Federal Reserve ease up on aggressive rate hikes when it meets next week, those people are going to be disappointed. So for the Fed, uh, what they really need to see is more substantial evidence that inflation is coming down. And this August report is just not going to be sufficient to change their view. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. The Fed's rate hikes have helped strengthen the U.S. dollar. And right now, the dollar is the strongest it's been in 20 years. But that may not last. Ruchir Sharma is the chair of Rockefeller International, and he thinks we're headed for a post-dollar world. He wrote about it recently in the FT, and he joins me now to lay out his case. Hi, Ruchir. Hi. All right, so why, why do you say that the dollar is on its way out? Many people have predicted the demise of the dollar before. What, what is unique about right now? Right. So in fact, America had never been a financial superpower like this before. In fact, it's possible that in entire economic history, we have never had such a powerful financial superpower, which is in terms of how widely the dollar is used, how big the American stock market is as a share of the global stock market. And the point I make now is that we may be close to a peak because it is so hard for America to further expand its financial and even economic footprint from this standpoint. But I think there have been two or three very important events which set in motion a potential decline in the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Can you talk about those? So I think that one of them has to be the way that America had to use sanctions against Russia earlier this year which is to sort of take Russia off the global payments system, because until then, 90% of all transactions in the world involve the US dollar. It caused a lot of concern in many other countries, from China to even India and then other countries, that something similar could happen to them as well. And they cannot be this reliant on the dollar. So one thing which is going on is that a lot of these countries are beginning to sign bilateral agreements, create smaller regional blocks where they're able to 
trade and exchange currencies which are in their own sort of currencies rather than being able to transact everything through the U.S. dollar. Now, you also mentioned that there are cyclical reasons for the dollar's decline. Typically, when the dollar has become so expensive, it's had a downtrend. This happened even in the 2000s when it was at a similar valuation point in 2001, 2002, after the tech bubble burst, a lot of people rushed to the U.S. dollar as a safe haven. After that, too, the dollar began a decline, which lasted right up until the global financial crisis of 2008. The U.S. current account deficit is already expanding and reaching levels close to 5% of GDP, which is very unusual for a country like the United States to run such a large gap compared to the rest of the world. So the dollar is becoming very expensive and countries are moving away from their great dependence on the US dollar. I think all these factors are coming together at the same time. And in the coming few years, the US dollar is likely to be declining rather than rising. If not the dollar, is there then no dominant currency or does the world move to a different dominant currency? So this time I suspect that we will see many smaller regional blocks. We're already seeing that if you look at the foreign exchange reserve holdings of countries around the world, that the Australian dollar, the Canadian dollar, the Swiss franc, these currencies are all gaining in terms of their share of global central banks and where they are holding their foreign exchange reserves. The dollar's share is declining, but it's not the Chinese currency that is taking up its share necessarily, but it's these other smaller blocks that's taking up. So yes, it's smaller currencies, smaller regional blocks. That's what's happening. Rather than the historical template where one big currency declines and another big currency takes over. Ruchir Sharma is the chair of Rockefeller International. He's also a regular columnist for the Financial Times. Thanks, Ruchir. Thank you. In the war in Ukraine, the tables may have turned. It had looked like Russia and Ukraine were locked in fighting that would grind on through the winter. But in the past week, Ukraine mounted a lightning offensive. Its troops recaptured huge swaths of territory and sent the Kremlin's forces fleeing. The FT's John Paul Rathbone sees some key factors in Ukraine's success. First of all, the Ukrainians had made a big song and dance about another offensive they were going to launch in the south around Kherson, and the Russians moved some troops down there. So in the northeast around Kharkiv, where this attack happened, they were quite thinly spread. The second point is the Ukrainian plan, which essentially involved a rapid advance that would capture Russian logistic bases. It essentially removed or degraded the artillery advantage that Russia has because they need massive amounts of logistical support to move the artillery shells that the Russians have been using to outshell the Ukrainians. And then the third and perhaps the most important aspect is the state, the relative state of morale. The Russians are fighting a war of choice, Putin's choice, that very few soldiers understand, and the Ukrainians are fighting a war of necessity. And JP says that this offensive has also changed the narrative. The way the Ukrainians see it, and I'm uh, speaking from Kyiv, is, of course, the recapture of territory is really important and it boosts morale. But in terms of military strategy, it's not so much about regaining territory. What you're doing is degrading and corroding the Russian will to fight. 
and instilling the idea in the military commanders that maybe this war cannot be won. And this isn't an abstract notion for a soldier. It's a question of life and death. J.P. Rathbone is the FT's defense and security correspondent. Before we go, China's President Xi Jinping is traveling to Central Asia this week. It's his first trip outside the country since the coronavirus pandemic broke out, and it's expected to be the first of many high-level meetings over the next few months as Xi tries to reassert Beijing's global influence. On this trip, he'll meet with friends and allies, including Iran's President Ibrahim Raisi and Russia's President Vladimir Putin. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.